Hi, this is your host, Pete Bloom. Welcome to American Heroes Network. Our core mission is serving the brave men and women who have sacrificed to ensure our freedom. You will hear true stories from those that have served, learn about veteran organizations and resources, and gain hope for your future knowing American Heroes Network, your community, and other veterans are here and at the ready to serve and help you and your family. We will talk about the hard topics like PTSD and TBI. You will also hear military history, inspirational stories, learn about networking with the community, and more. So come join us and be part of our family. Today's guest is a chaplain with the goal of improving veterans' lives. She's an Army veteran, so she understands the physical and mental challenges that other veterans have been going through. She leads a team that provides the spiritual guidance veterans still need after the military. She's the founder of Veterans for Worship. I would like to welcome Debbie Mond. Debbie, thank you for serving, and how are you doing today? Hi, Pete. I'm doing great, and thank you for inviting us to do this interview. So tell me a little bit about what you did in the military. Well, I joined almost 28 years ago out of my hometown. Norwich, Connecticut was the recruiting office I joined out of. I had been working at McDonald's throughout high school, and my goal was really just to get a really good office job. I didn't see myself going active duty, so I joined the reserves, and certainly the reserves helped me get the job I have currently with the federal government. So I think the Army Reserve certainly helped me do what I wanted to do. And what was your job while you were in the Army Reserve? Well, I started as a 71 Lima, which is now a 42 Alpha for all those wonderful personnel folks. And then in 1999, I signed up for an AGR recruiting tour. So I was a 79 Romeo. And in many ways, that recruiting job led me to my next MOS, which was a 56 Mike Chaplin's assistant. And then finally, in 2013, I became a full-fledged chaplain, which is a 56 Alpha, after a few years in the chaplain candidate program in which you're a 56 X-ray. Now, when you became a chaplain's assistant, was that something that you never saw coming or was that something you kind of were moving toward at that particular time? Well, recruiting was pretty difficult. I've talked to a few recruiters who see sometimes the recruiting badge as a combat patch, depending on where you're recruiting. It can be a combat zone, and certainly there's a whole lot of stress and very long hours. And I think I realized that maybe recruiting wasn't for me. And so I had my moment with God. I said, God, get me out of this job, and I'll do anything you want me to do. (laughs) And so be careful when you say that, because God will certainly put you to the test and take you up on your offer. And so about a year or two after I got out of recruiting, the recruiter started calling me. And at first, I would just hang up on them. And then eventually, I started missing the Army. And so they would call me. And finally, I would say, okay, if you want me back in the reserves, this is what it's going to have to take. I said, I want a chaplain's assistant position. I was an E6 at the time. And I said, you're going to have to find a well-trained chaplain's assistant position, which they did. And that was in 2002 when we had a lot of soldiers going over to Iraq and Afghanistan. And the Army was certainly investing in soldiers and families. And so as an E6 and then as an E7, I was teaching marriage retreat training over the weekend for strong bonds and doing that. And I think the Army had us at Saddleback Church a couple years in a row, like 2004, 2005, And all of those experiences, all that training, I kept feeling really unworthy, but I sensed that all this training was for a reason. 
And then God really started to bring that call alive to be a chaplain. So it's kind of funny what you said, because it is true. It's like, you got to be careful what you wish for. You know, people pray about things and they ask for things. And, you know, he is always listening, but sometimes he doesn't answer because he's waiting for it to be the right thing. And you got put into a position where you could really do something to help people. Now, after all those years that you put in, was it really kind of a difficult for you to transition fully out of the military? It's very, very difficult. When your call in the army is so linked to your call from God, when he removes that call and is calling you to something else, it's a very emotional, very, just a really hard time. And I know that he loves us when he calls us to new things, but it doesn't make it that much easier. That makes a lot of sense. And the thing is, is that, you know, you put so many years in that not only is it something that, you know, you're good at and you're comfortable with, but, you know, it's just like leaving the team and the people and the camaraderie is just hard. I know that's a big transition for a lot of people when they get out and they move on and they go back home to wherever it was. And, you know, now you're on your own. And that's why, you know, spiritually, I think it's so important to still be a family for them and be able to provide them with some direction. And that's really what you started to do. It's actually kind of amazing that you've been able to go ahead and start up what you did start up on your own. What was it that caused you to start that up, the Veterans for Worship? Well, in 2013, I became an official chaplain. And at that point, I had already received my 20-year letter. So I knew that God would not call me to seminary just for an army career. So I kept searching for what the lifelong calling would be. And again, be careful what you wish for, because he'll certainly reveal it. And so as a chaplain, I know that people need to start reaching out to other communities when they're wanting to make a transition. And so in 2008, I had joined the VFW when I came back from Iraq, but I wasn't really all that involved with them because... I was going to seminary and working full time. And so in 2015, my husband and I stumbled across the VFW doing a puppy drive at the commissary. And I started thinking I might need a new military family when I do decide to retire from the reserves. I didn't realize how quickly that would be from the day I met them. But I certainly did start connecting with them and felt like I started having new avenues to reach brothers and sisters in arms and in the military in preparation for when I said goodbye to the Army Reserves. And so I've been kind of working with them since 2015, attending meetings, going to parades. I was first elected as a post-chaplain, and then in 2016, I was selected as the District 1 chaplain. And I remember telling them, be careful when you ask a real army chaplain to be your VFW chaplain, because you're going to get more than you bargained for. I'm not just going to read a prayer at your meetings. I'm going to be a true chaplain to you all. And so they've been a wonderful community. And in 2016, on April 23rd, I was at a conference called the Organic Outreach Conference which really started spinning your wheels in a good way to identify what communities you already reach out to and minister to and and creating a ministry around that. In many ways, I saw myself doing men's ministry. And in a traditional church setting, you might not have a woman leading men's ministry. And so a friend of mine that I just met that day, his name is Garrett Pang, 
He's a pastor of Delta Community Baptist Church here in Everett. He looked at me and every once in a while in your life, you have someone who speaks truth to your heart and you know it didn't just come from them. It came from God. And what Garrick had said to me was, Debbie, what if your ministry is not a traditional church ministry? And that very day, my husband and I went over to the VFW in Everett, post 2100, old guard post. And we were there for their 85th birthday. And I remember going and they had a cake and we're sitting in the bar because I love to tell people every good ministry starts in a bar. (laughs) And I'm sitting there and God lays this calling upon my heart. He said, I want you to plant a church in the basement of this building. And for like the next hour over the ceremony, he's just kind of working this out in my heart. And he knows I can get really excited. And maybe over this interview, you could tell how excited I get sometimes. But he said, now, don't go off the wall and tell the VFW you want to plant a church in the basement. I just want you to ask them. And that day was April 23rd, 2016. I want you to ask them if they'd be willing to let you use the basement for a Sunday remembrance service the Monday before Memorial Day. And so that was the first ask to the VFW. Can I use the basement to do this Sunday remembrance service in conjunction with Memorial Day weekend? And at first, you know, I had to keep following up. I thought maybe they were avoiding me. And eventually we connected and I said, so I just wanted to follow up. Can I use the basement for the Sunday remembrance service? And they said, sure, it's not being used. It's all yours. And I said, well, how much would it cost to rent it? And they said, it's free. Don't worry about it. And so we've done events in the basement of the VFW for the Sunday before Memorial Day, the Sunday before Veterans Day. We've done a freedom service and barbecue in conjunction with 4th of July. And the VFW is not usually open on Christmas morning, but they have opened their doors just for veterans for worship to do a Sunday morning breakfast and chapel service. It's been absolutely amazing to do this work, and I couldn't do it without them for sure. And so like that first event, I said, God, I think you've asked the wrong person to do this. I don't have any experience in this area. And I said, God, I would be so embarrassed if no one showed. And we had 50 people at our first event. That's really awesome. It's um, certainly a God awesome story. So Veterans for Worship, you started out with events, but I think it sounds like you're doing a whole lot more than that now. Could you kind of talk about what it is that you do and what you offer for veterans today? The Sunday Remembrance Service led into, I started getting invitations and information about veteran stand-down events. So in July 2016, very close to my house, they were having a veteran stand-down event at Everett High School. And I brought everything but the kitchen sink. I brought a TV to stream Christian videos. I had a popcorn maker. And I had some freebies, like some cross-shaped key rings, and I had some candy. And in preparation for that event, I wanted some Bibles. And so certainly I wasn't going to use the Bibles that I already used as an Army chaplain. Those Bibles belong to the Army. And so I reached out to the American Bible Society, and I said, Hey, we are kind of a new veteran ministry. My husband and I are pretty much funding this whole thing. We're going to fund the freebies and the candy 
could you provide us with free Bibles? And so they said, if you have an EIN number for your organization, just send that to us and we'll send you Bibles. And so that very moment, I got on the IRS.gov website, created an EIN, sent them that. And American Bible Society now has been sending us Bibles to my house, to my garage on a tractor trailer truck. So certainly stand downs are a huge activity for us to connect to veterans. And I think that first event, I just had way too many distractions. By December, we did the Seattle stand down. And what I discovered was veterans didn't care for freebies. Certainly the Bibles helped us begin discussions. But the very first day of the Seattle stand down in December 2016, we must have prayed for like 15 to 20 veterans. And that's when you really start to begin to making an impact in the veteran community. So, yes, the events turned into stand downs, which also turned into an invite from the Washington Serves Network. I was going to a few industry review meetings, IPRs for Washington Serves. And so you had the VA offering their programs and their benefits, and you had other veteran service organizations and nonprofits. But the one component that was missing from the Washington Service Network was a spiritual faith component. Catholic Community Services certainly adds a spiritual aspect to it, but their role was more housing. And I wanted something that was pure, a spiritual resource for our veterans because I got on my soapbox at a Washington Service meeting and I said, if you're a person in this room and you're a person of faith, you know that when you're looking for a job or you're looking for a house or a place to live, that process, that journey is a whole lot easier when you're doing it in prayer. And so I said, Veterans for Worship, we don't provide housing, we don't provide uh, medical services, but what we provide is walking with that veteran in the midst of their search for housing or work or whatever. We're there to stand in the gap and pray for them, either in person or through the work that we do. We're praying for these veterans as they're seeking employment and housing. So we became a service provider for Washington Serves. And then in September of 2017, we had an invite to the Convoy of Hope up here in Arlington, Washington. And we had two tables at the vet tent and we were handing out Bibles. And I'll tell you, having certain people walk up to us in tears, seeing those large print Bibles from the American Bible Society, folks, as they get older or if they don't have the means for glasses, they not only stop reading, they stop reading their Bible. And so to see the response from these folks who came up to our table, and the camouflage Bibles are wonderful. I love them, but they're so hard to read. And so to offer them a large print Bible and see the tears in their eyes that they're going to be able to read the Bible again, you know, it not only impacts them, but it impacts me. And so that day I had a pastor that I knew actually like 15 years ago come over to the vet tent, and this was in September. And he said, would you come to my church and help me celebrate our veterans, Veterans Day weekend? That was the first time a church had ever invited us under their roof to be a part of what they do. And the early on vision was that you might have a Veterans for Worship chapter 
in churches across the country. And so for this church to come up to us and ask us to be a part of their veteran community and to help them reach their veterans was an amazing, amazing day. And so on Veterans Day, actually, I think we did it on November 12th of 2017. We were at View Ridge Community Church in Everett. And we posted the flags, Veterans for Worship. We actually bought flags, Christian flag and an American flag, so we could post the flags. We had a veteran celebration event where we handed out goodie bags colored by branch. We had black for the Army, red for the Marines. We had blue for the Air Force. We even had Coast Guard. And so that certainly opened up a new opportunity for Veterans for Worship to reach out not only to veterans, but also to churches. And then uh, at the Seattle stand down, I had been talking to this one disabled veteran and his wife out of Renton, Washington. And they said, we have told our pastor in Renton that we want to start a Veterans for Worship chapter. And View Ridge and I have recently talked about maybe starting a chapter at View Ridge Community Church. And I'm co-leading a Reboot Combat Recovery course. The last final thing I think that God is calling us into is veteran recovery ministry. And so whether that's with Reboot Combat Recovery or whether that's with Celebrate Recovery and their initiative, Welcome Home, We're interested in where God is leading us to connect with veterans, not only in their faith, but also in their bondage and in their recovery. So it's a huge vision. It's overwhelming sometimes, but I know that if I'm doing it with God's power and not mine, we're going to help a lot of veterans. Yeah, and I know that with being able to start chapters all across the United States, that definitely would be a good thing. And I think that's something that's probably very much needed. So I definitely hope that maybe by getting the word out there that maybe we can help facilitate making that happen for you. You know, when you're talking about Veterans for Worship and maybe giving some spiritual guidance to veterans, they just can go through so many different things. It could be transition from the military. It could be because they were in war. It could be family related. And so they need somebody to talk to. They need some guidance. And you know that's where you can help them. Is there like a particular, I mean, without mentioning any names, is there like a particular area that you seem to feel like is one of the ones you hear over and over again from veterans as you talk to them? Well, you know, certainly the discussion with veterans revolves around suicide. And I think depending on the day, we can see that theme of suicide either where we're making headway or we're losing ground. And so I know as an Army Reserve chaplain, in my brief experience as an Army Reserve chaplain and then before that as an NCO, you see soldiers in crisis. And I think it's challenging for the Army based on limited resources to meet every need. And you're seeing the ratio of chaplains to soldiers kind of increase. And so I'll tell you the decision to leave the Army Reserves It's very difficult when you see soldiers in crisis and you do wonder if you're leaving them when they need you the most. But at the same time, I feel like Veterans for Worship is really going to circle around these veterans and former military in our communities. Because when you're in the military, hopefully you have a chaplain. You know, in spite of the ratio, hopefully you know who your chaplain is. And if you're in crisis, The command is going to link you with that chaplain. 
uh, when you're out of the military, you don't have a chaplain anymore. You don't have someone that's willing to listen. And so I do wonder about all those veterans who are out there who are in crisis that don't have a chaplain to reach out to, don't have a support system to reach out to. And so my call to lead the Army Reserves, I think, one, just like my combat patch helped me connect with veterans who had served, I mean, that kind of credibility you can't buy. I'm humbled all the time that God would give me that combat patch to be able to connect to veterans. And so, likewise, asking me to retire from the Army Reserves is a painful process, but I think it's a process that I need to feel so I can relate more to these veterans who are out there in the community, who feel alone, who no longer feel a part of a unit family. And so this is the next badger patch that God is going to have me wear to reach these folks. Because while you're still in, you don't know what it's like to be out there on your own. You don't know what it's like, the pain to leave your fellow brothers and sisters in arms until you make that decision or until, in many cases, our veterans have been discharged not of their own free will. It makes perfect sense because you know you can understand that there's definitely a path and a mission that's happening here and serving on the inside and being a chaplain and now being able to serve with veterans for worship and to be able to catch all of the veterans who are coming out because they need that on the outside. So now you're providing that for them. So it's really a full circle. You know, you've helped them on the inside and now you'll be able to help them on the outside when they're going to really need it the most because, as you said, they don't have a chaplain anymore. We started by working in the veteran community, you know, going to the parades with the VFW, doing their poppy drives with them, and then investing in the veteran community, going to these stand-down events, praying for veterans, investing in people, and then certainly networking with the veteran community. And I think in many ways, my experience as a recruiter is helping me face some days you're going to make progress and there are some days you're not going to make progress. And it might take connecting with a 100 people. You know, it's really about building relationships and helping people first. And so certainly we have built this awesome community locally that we're starting to expand, but it's going to take more than just Debbie Mond to fulfill the vision God has for Veterans for Worship. And so certainly I'm going to allow other people to maybe take the lead in things. It not only becomes my calling, but their calling. And and hopefully it's something that other people would like to support, not just time-wise, but also financially. I had gone to a fundraiser up here in Washington, and a veteran said, it's very difficult for veterans to ask for help. And so a lot of times we don't. And so when you're a veteran who's leading a church, and that's what we are officially considered as a church, it's sometimes hard to ask for help in many ways. I guess the hardest thing for us will be asking for others to believe in this vision that God has given and to support that vision. And so we're still having to set up how people might be able to support this ministry with one-time donations or a monthly subscription But that's how we would be able to continue the work that God has called us to do. And it's not going to be easy. And just like a PT test or a deployment, you can't quit in the middle. So hopefully that word of encouragement for those veterans out there that are struggling. But find a mentor 
I've actually reached out to one to help me with vision. So go out there, ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. There are people who believe in what you're called to do. You just need to find them. And so it might take you a little while to do that. But be passionate as well, because if you're not passionate about what you are called to do, no one's going to feel that passion on the other side. You know, it's funny, you talk about being in the middle, and when you think about the military, you've got the side of being in the military and then the side of getting out of the military. And what we've been talking about at church lately has been being brave and about facing fear and conquering fear. And the most recent story is about being in the middle which is ironic that you said that. And it was talking about the disciples being in the boat, going across the water while Jesus was praying on the mountain. And, you know, basically being out there in the middle and not knowing exactly where you're going. One of the things that came out of that whole story to me was when they said that sometimes that God only gives you enough light to see the next step. So you might not be able to see where you're going, but all you got to do is have faith and he'll take you to the right place. Exactly. And you're right. I don't know what Veterans for Worship is going to look like. I think the vision is that in three to five years, you might see a Veterans for Worship chapter in churches, you know, around the nation. That would be absolutely amazing. It's like a life group for veterans. And in my own experience, I feel like sometimes churches don't know what to do with veterans. We're kind of bossy. We're opinionated. We're kind of direct. And so unless you're a pastor who has served in the military, you don't know how to respond to veterans. And so sometimes what you find is veterans kind of underutilized in churches. And so unless the veteran uniquely feels called to the vision of the pastor in the church, they're underutilized in many ways. And I think our veterans, the military trained them to be missional. They know what a mission is and the military trained them to be missional. And so I think churches could really take advantage of that training that the military has downloaded in their heart and in their mind and in their body. And I think because so many veterans out there feel alone after they've left service, they know other veterans feel alone. And what a better way for us all to not feel so alone than to connect with one another. And so certainly the focus of Veterans for Worship, our strategy is one, W-O-N. And so worshiping Jesus is the number one activity, right? Because no matter who you're called to reach, if you're not worshiping Jesus through that call, you're going to get it twisted. So that's W. O is outreach to those in need. And the N is network with others in the fight. And so... I think churches could use their veterans to do these things in reaching veterans at stand downs. I really do believe in the laity, which is the worship of the people. And I think you don't see that so often anymore in churches. There's professional folks doing the worship and the people are in the pews. And I think many churches are frustrated with consumer Christians. Well, then use them you know, and use them in a way that God has called them to reach people, not necessarily maybe the way you see them reaching people. I know that could probably ruffle some feathers, and I don't mean to. I don't want to take veterans out of churches. I want to engage them in the churches to reach veterans in their community. So for Veterans for Worship, what would you say the key to the success is? 
certainly investing in the veteran community is great, but I think like John Maxwell says, you need to help people see what they're called to do. And so I think whenever I talk to someone like you or someone on the bus, I don't know whether I'm supposed to talk to them for that five minutes or this hour, whether I'm going to see them at one of our events. It doesn't really matter because God has called me to minister to that person at that moment, at that time. I think so often we're too focused on, well, is this conversation worth my time or are they going to be a part of this thing or not? I really need committed folks. And God says, don't worry about that. Just be true to the people I put in your path and I'll bring you the people you need to do this thing I've called you to do. I think we just worry way too often about having enough people to do what we're needing to do. Yeah, I actually think that is such a great point. Don't be so concerned necessarily with that one individual, but just that you're doing good with everyone that you run across. And then what it is that you need will be put in place at the right time. So that actually sounds great. So what is the one most important thing that you learned since starting the business that you can share? You really have to believe in the vision, the vision that God has called you to or the vision for your business. And you have to believe in it when no one else will. And sometimes you have disappointments and those discouragements and you just have to be confident in what God has called you to do or what you're called to do in your business. I love examples like Howard Schultz from Starbucks. I mean, that guy, he started at the bottom at the Starbucks organization and you can kind of see where it is today. You see so many leaders of great corporations and organizations. Sometimes you have to start at the bottom. And sometimes you have to believe in this thing before others are going to believe in this thing and have that passion. And certainly don't have this be plan B. Well, it didn't work out with the military, so I'm going to do this thing. Or it didn't work out, you know, working for another large corporation or government entity, so I do this thing. Nothing you do in anger will be successful. So certainly believe in the vision that has been downloaded to your heart for your family and for your business and for God, if that's who you serve. That's really great advice for sure and uh, something that we all need to take to heart. Now, for people who want to find out more about Veterans for Worship or if they want to get involved or maybe they need counseling or spiritual guidance, what's the best way to reach out to you? How do you like to be contacted? So my husband has told me I probably need a new cell phone because my current cell phone's all over Fort Lewis now and all over the ever area in Washington State and now probably across the country. But people are ready to copy. If you're in the military, you'll recognize that phrase. Ready to copy. Here's my phone number, 425-244-5809. Again, 425-244-5809. We have a web page. It's www.veteransforworship.net and it's F-O-R, veteransforworship.net. But really our huge presence is on Facebook. And so if you go to Facebook and again, it's Veterans for Worship, F-O-R, you'll see our events in this local greater ever area in the greater Seattle area. And the new chair of my board, he's an Enumclaw, so I'm certainly hoping that we'll move in the south end 
I thought being a chaplain at JBLM, it made sense for us to expand there. But I need to find new brothers and sisters in the fight down there to expand down in that area. And we're partnering with the Ording Soldiers Home and other folks who know veterans that need us. So those are the three ways. My phone number, veteransforworship.net, and then veterans certainly on Facebook. Well, Debbie, I thank you for coming on this podcast today and sharing what it is that you're doing. It's always nice for veterans to hear the story and the transition that someone else is going through to give them some hope or direction to go in. And then what you're doing with Veterans for Worship lets them know that once they are out, that they have a place that they can reach out to. So I thank you for putting that together and being the person that you are. And I hope that God blesses you and Veterans for Worship. And I look forward to hearing where you guys go from here, and hopefully it is national. And I appreciate your time, Pete. And I had asked my board this morning, actually I posted last night, like, please be praying during this time, and that when you post the link to this interview, that the right people are going to hear it, and whether that's veterans who need community, who need to feel that they're not alone, or whether there's a pastor out there that is just hot to reach veterans in their community. Not every church is going to resonate with this mission, but I know that there are churches out there that will, just like View Ridge here in Everett, that there are churches out there that want to reach veterans. And if they want to reach veterans, I might have a way for you to do that. Well, that's awesome. So I'm going to keep in touch and I will certainly connect anyone with you that I hear is maybe interested in doing something that is the same as what you're doing now. So I look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Pete. In this episode with Debbie, you heard some great advice you can take advantage of on your own journey. Networking is critical to success. Get involved with the community. Make prayer part of your plan. Make sure your purpose is helping people. And you have to believe in your vision and be sure you put people first. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Be sure to keep coming back each week for more great episodes. If you want to talk about something you learned today, if you have questions, or if you would like to be a guest on our podcast, Go to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and click on Contact Us. Thank you for listening.